right, hey everybody. I want to welcome you to today's edition of Bible News Radio. Glad you're here. It is Saturday, and how many of you know that God loves you? Hmm? So I just got done watching the Yankees game. Yeah, I did. You should have saw them. They were so awesome. They came back from behind. It was it was so cool. And I was uh, sharing with a friend of mine who <clears throat> also loves the Yankees. And yeah, I live here in Tennessee. And what I can tell you is that, uh, you know, it's easier to be a Yankees fan here than it was in California. Californians hate the Yankees. Don't know why. Anyway, hey, if you're new to the show... I want to let you know that I'm glad you're here. I hope that you can visit my website, BibleNewsRadio.com. Check it out and join our email list there. And we have a couple of other ways that you can stay in touch with us as well. You can go ahead. You can join our text message list. If, you, if you're watching live, you can look down here in the ticker. You can text Bible News to 33222. Or if you need some help with Bible reading accountability... Kind of a little nudge every day to say, hey, where are you reading today in the Word of God? Then text Team Unstuck to 33222. Again, it's down here in the ticker. All you got to do is keep watching down there. If you're listening to our podcast, don't worry. You can also do it too. You know, it's an archive, but you can, <clears throat> you can go and watch us on YouTube if you're on the podcast or... You can just text Bible News or TEAM, T-E-A-M is in mom, unstuck to 33222. Check that out. Um, and if you want to donate to our nonprofit, Heart Tongue International, you can also go to our Bible News Radio website, go to the Give page, and you can donate there as well. And we want to thank you in advance for your, your prayerful support of what we do. So <clears throat> I have to tell you, tomorrow is Mother's Day, and I want to take a minute here to uh, wish all of you out there a happy Mother's Day. Um, I think Randall's probably going to be doing a show tomorrow, like he always does, uh, on Sunday. And, um, you know, I, for many years, I... I hated, I just despised Mother's Day. I'm just going to be honest. I hated it for so many reasons. (laughs) And you know what? There's lots of you out there who I kind of understand. You guys don't like it either. Um, But over time, as God has healed me and given me a different perspective about Mother's Day, um, what I want to share with you is that I've seen a little bit of a shift in marketing for Mother's Day. Because I think I think that there are people now who understand that there are different types of mothers uh, and there are different reasons why a woman may or may not be a mother. I mean, there's so many categories, right? I mean, there's the actual mother, a biological mom. Birth person. There's uh, a woman who's miscarried and do- and has babies in heaven, but doesn't have any here on earth. There's moms who've lost their children. They they lived for a while and then the child died, unfortunately. Um, there's mothers 
of children that have committed crimes and are in prison and they're embarrassed about their children. Uh, there's, there's mothers who were never able to have children, uh, even though they're a mothering type. Um, there's stepmothers, right? Um, there are, uh, spiritual mothers and, um, and so on. So with that said, today, this morning, I was in my new, my, my email and, um, I saw an email from, um, one of, one of the business emails I get from leaders and heels. Uh, and the subject line said, I'm sorry if tomorrow was hard for you. And it had hearts on it. And I, I was just like, Oh, that was so sweet. I, I, you know, I get flooded with emails from all over the place. And anyway, so I read the article and it turned out that, uh, the author of the article, uh, was a woman or is a woman who, uh, struggled with endometriosis and, uh, getting pregnant herself. And, um, anyway, and, and she just extended that love to people. And I was just like, oh, there you go. Cause you know, what? like it, tomorrow at church, depending on your church, uh, you know, I, I don't go to church on Mother's Day. I, I, I probably will not go tomorrow either, just because it's been a tradition of mine for a long time to not go to church on Mother's Day. Um, because, Unfortunately, many pastors are oblivious to the fact that not everybody had a good mother. And I think sometimes churches do, uh, I think they're well-meaning when they do things, but I think sometimes they're oblivious as well. Um, so just want to let you all know that if you're somebody that, has a hard time because of Mother's Day. Maybe your mom's not living anymore, uh, like mine. My mom died 19 years ago. Um, you know, and it, it cracks me up when I get email, hey, do this for your mother. And I'm like, well, my mom's dead. So <laughs> I can't because she's dead, you know. Uh, but for those of you who are blessed to have had a loving, supportive, godly, mother who was just normal and made normal mistakes and didn't abuse you. Praise God that you have that type of mom. Enjoy her. Rise up and call her blessed and be a blessing to her by not being an idiot and a butthead and spitting at that, that you were given that. Um, and that, and that is one of the things, honestly, <clears throat> that irritates me is when I know somebody has had a good mother and they treat that mother like crap, that irritates me like no end because I want to smack that person and say, do you not understand what a blessing you were given? <laughs> That's that, like, you know. But then I also understand, you know, there are, there are a lot of moms out there who play the victim and they act like, their children, and, th and this is another thing that gets under my skin. There, there are, there are mothers, and and I will, I will tell you, as somebody who has had um, the blessing of hearing a lot of stories of mothers, um, and 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 have heard um, 
some, I'm trying not to swear here. I'm, I'm just being honest. I'm trying not to actually swear because I do get irritated because uh, of this. But as somebody who had a mother fail category, like my mom kind of failed, you know, she just, you know, if I had to grade my mom on a percentage scale, I would say she got, I don't know, 15% good, 85% bad. Okay. I mean, she wasn't all bad, but pretty close. When I hear mothers though, attack their children, uh, and badmouth their children, that tells me all I need to know about why that kid doesn't have a good relationship with their mother. Um, and so I will tell you that if you're a mother that does that, if you're a mother who jokes about, hey, you can have my kids because, you know, you don't have any and anytime you want my kids to get them out of my hair because they're a pain in the butt, you know what? I'm lovingly going to tell you that you need to repent of that because that is completely dishonoring to your child. It is completely rude. And if you wonder why you have a problem with your children, that's part of the reason. Um, and I will tell you that I have heard in my life, because I'm a barren woman, and some of you barren women could probably relate to this, I have heard from well-meaning mothers, oh, you know, you're so blessed. You know, anytime you want my children, you know, feel free, take them off my hands. I think sometimes that's meant to be um, funny, but how that sounds to a barren woman is that you are ungrateful for the children that you've been given, you know, and may you never forget that God blessed you with children to raise them in the fear and admonition of the Lord. And what I'm going to tell you is it doesn't sound funny to somebody like me when, when a mother says that. Uh, in fact, I will tell you that I have, <laughs> I guess I'm just venting here, but I will tell you, I have one friend and I'm not going to say who it is because I don't want to embarrass her, but I, I adore her. I have one friend that I have never heard say a negative thing about her children. Just one, just one, one, one friend. Uh, and, um, and this woman is very godly and she is somebody that has children that adore her and not even in a joking way has she ever said anything negative about her children. And, uh, you know, to that mom, I'll email you later. <laughs> I'll say, you were that mom. Um, I, I say, well done, because you know the value of, of honoring your children. Yes, children can be difficult. Uh, life is difficult. But you never verbally abuse or insult or attack your child, even in a joking manner to somebody, because you just don't know where people have been. You know, recently I was in a, um, a meeting where uh, a lady was sharing about how her child died not too long ago. And, you know, um, you just, you know, you don't know people's stories. 
You don't. I, I have numerous friends who've lost their children. And tomorrow I'm thinking of a couple of them that, you know, their children have died and, you know, they have living children. And, you know, I've heard people say, well, you should be glad you still got three living children, even though one died. I mean, you know how, you know how horrible that sounds to that mother? Like, are you kidding me? Or, you know, people have said like, hey, you know what? Um, well, at least you were able to get pregnant after you had five miscarriages. You know, it's like, it's, gee, do we know how to negate pain? You know, I, I just, it, it just, I don't know. I guess I just want you to know that I totally understand why some people hate Mother's Day. But I also want to bless you. <laughs> I know it doesn't sound like it does it <laughs> and encourage you with the fact that um that that moms need to be honored right and and you know for me I have I have a number of moms in my life that you know have have ministered to me and and loved on me for years some of those women are not old enough biologically to be my mother some of them are um you know, and just that, that love from God, God loves you through, through all of that. It's like, you know, those of you who kind of are stuck and you're like wallowing in the, oh, I had a crappy mother category. Let me encourage you to build a bridge and get over it because it's not doing you any good. You need to look for the good. And I'm speaking from my own experience because I've wallowed in that for a long, long time. Um, and now I rejoice because, you know what, what the enemy meant for evil, God has turned around for good. And there's always good in everything. And the most important thing, never forget this, is that God, while as we call him father, he nurtures us as a mother. And, you know, we get that unconditional love from God, regardless um, if we if we got it from our biological mothers or not. Randall, did you want to say something? It almost sounds like you wanted to say something over there. Mm, no. No? Okay. All right. So, I am, I am um, going to stop with that. <laughs> and I... I I don't know if that sounded encouraging to anybody or not, but hey, I just want to let you know that this this is um, was on my heart, and frankly, there's a lot of times people don't talk about stuff like this. So, um, and there's Natasha and Jeannie over there, and I don't know who else is watching, but if you're watching, hello. All right, so let's get to. Um, well, let me just say one other thing. I want to say one other thing about the whole idea of motherhood. So, um, so a lot of you out there, um, who are, you know, regular friends of the show, you're friends of me, um, you know, a lot of you guys have, have told me I'm like your spiritual mom in many ways. And you know what? I want to say thank you for that because I don't take what I do here lightly at all. Um, I care very much about loving people and nurturing people where they're at. And uh, so just thank you for, for honoring me in that way. Um, and may you know that I love you. Yeah, I do. 
All right. That's it. That's all I wanted to tell you. Just wanted to say I love you. Okay. All right. Okay. Let's look at this story here um, from the Christian Compost website. I mean, the Christian Post website. <laughs> yeah. I did say that out loud. All right. The socialist Trojan horse within the U.S. Christian church. Okay. So I thought I'd read this and then we would talk about it. All right. Here it says, in recent years, the number of Christians. Wait, I just have to say one last thing. In honor of my own mother, I, I will say um, one thing about my mom. That if you love me, then one of the things I can tell you my mom that I'm totally like my mom in, minus using the F word, every other word, um, <laughs> is that my mom was always direct and to the point. Um, she never beat it around the bush. She was, she was very direct. You knew where she stood, regardless if you wanted to or not. She was very outspoken and she had a beautiful singing voice. Uh, so there you go. All right, back to the article. So, in recent years, a number of Christians identifying as Christian socialists or Christian communists has skyrocketed in a way not seen in over 40 years. Sarah Gnew, or Gnew, Gnew, I don't know how to say her name. Anyway, in her 2020 article, Why These Young American Christians Embrace Socialism, wrote the following. Over the past three years, some American Christians have rediscovered this tradition and found themselves gravitating to socialism in all its varieties, from democratic socialism to full-fledged communism. Gary Dorian, a professor of social ethics at Union Theological Seminary, writes, The revival of Christian socialism is a Christian flank of the current upsurge for democratic socialist. For the most part, the Orthodox Christian community has remained silent about this growing trend, seemingly oblivious to the dangers. It's time we acknowledged how the Trojan horse of socialism entered the church and fight back. First, doctrine and history make clear that biblical Christianity and socialism and or communism are in opposition on fundamental levels. The intellectual father or forefather of socialism, Karl Marx, taught this about Christianity. Quote, the social principle of Christianity preaches cowardice, self-contempt, abasement, submission, humility. Marx further asserted, the more of himself that man gives to God, the less he has left of himself. Like all future communists and socialist leaders who follow Marx, he believed, religion is the sigh of the oppressed creature, the heart of the heartless world, and the soul of a heartless world, and the soul of soulless conditions. It is the opiate of the people. That's from the Communist Manifesto. Um, the history of the socialist war against Christianity is instructive. The League of the Militant Godless was developed by early Soviet leaders like Leon Trotsky and Lenin. Its slogan tells volumes. The struggle against religion is the struggle for socialism. In just over 15 years, the League boasted 3.5 million members and included 100 ethnicities. This was while Soviets in the Union of Soviet Socialist Republics, USSR, 
were executing tens of thousands of priests, millions of Christians, demolishing churches, and ruthlessly suppressing Christianity. The official literature of the Comintern, International Communist Front, stated, One of the most important tasks of the cultural revolution affecting the wide masses is the task of systematically and unswervingly combating religion, the opiate of the people. Ben Gitlow, or Lowe, was a top figure in the early Communist Party USA and twice ran as vice president of the U.S. on the Communist Party ticket in 1924 and 1928. He left the Communist Party in 1929 and began hearings before Congress about communist infiltration in America starting in 1939. According to Gitlow, in answering Congress about the Communist United Front technique of infiltrating America, Quote, the tactic of the United Front adopted by the communists in 1922 after they realized that their militant policy for instigating a revolution in Germany and then throughout Europe and the world had failed. The United Front tactic enabled the communists to greatly increase the effectiveness of their infiltration activities. The aims were to first build pro-Soviet sentiment in America, second, to set conditions for communists to capture trade unions, third, to spread communist propaganda, incite discontent, amount the people, undermine the loyalty of the American people, and to divide them on religion, national, racial, and economic lines. Hmm, sound kind of familiar, people? Importantly, Gitlow said this about infiltration of the Christian church in America, quote, the United Front policy enabled the communists to widely expand their infiltration activities on the religious field because instead of using the Communist Party directly on Christian organizations, they used United Front organizations not directly connected to the Communist Party. Communist Party USA leader Manning Johnson told Congress that, quote, deceit about the anti-Christian nature was a, quote, major policy of the communist propaganda. According to Johnson, communists made fine gestures and honeyed words to the church people, which could be will likened unto the sea nymphs luring millions to moral decay, spiritual death, and spiritual slavery. An illustration of, illustration of this treachery, I might point out, is smiling, sneaky Earl Browder, for example, bull, example, who was vice chairman of the American League Against War and Fascism, greeting and praising ministers and other church workers participating with him in the United Front anti-war activities, while secretly harboring in his heart only contempt for them and for the religion they represented. The Soviet Union collapsed in 1991 and no longer commands a worldwide com common turn. However, communism as a worldwide movement continues. The ideology spawned during those decades made substantial inroads into the church and academia. An estimated 18% of American professors today identify as Marxist. <clears throat> I'm surprised it's that low. United Methodist Reverend Lindsay Joyce provides a window into the modern infiltration. Socialism gave me a politics that finally provided clarity. It wasn't about my individualistic faith or spiritual gifts. Christianity centers around individual spiritual redemption, while socialism is about the collective and material. Communist Christian Dean Detloff 
is indicative of the fraud being prom prom promulgated to soften and revive communism within the church. <clears throat> Detloff claims the worst abuses in history have actually been committed by people who are devoted to Jesus Christ. Uh, <clears throat> this glosses over the upwards of 100 million people who died under 20th century communism, a number that dwarfs almost 2,000 years of alleged Christian, quote, abuses, unquote. The church can no longer remain silent. The Trojan horse of socialism and communism wheeled into the U.S. in the 1920s is a growing enemy within. Neither communism nor socialism can be reconciled with Christianity, and it's time to voice that truth boldly and loudly. We fight back with spiritual weapons and in Christian love, but against this threat, we must fight back. <sighs> so, Randall, you have thoughts on this article? I'd love to hear your thoughts on it. Of course I have thoughts on this article. Okay, good, I'm glad. Um, and that is, yeah, spot on. Somehow there's this revival of socialism and, you know, social justice and all this kind of thing going on. Um that's revived in the same way it's always been enacted. We can go back to we can go back to the Soviet Revolution of the early twentieth century and how you know the the um promoters, I guess, of communism. Uh, Marx of course was out there leading, but the but the rank and file communists that were in um uh, what would you call Russia at that time? They had a czar. It was kind of a royal kind of leadership, but not really. The sort of like a little bit more like the British crown, with that it has it's a monarchy, but there's a parliament that really runs things. Anyway, um, they went about sowing discord, and you know, told everybody why they were so unhappy and how they were oppressed, and and you know how you know it'd be so much better if the people owned everything the people and and you've been uh you know religion has been shoved down your throats just to keep you drugged up about what's really going on with government and and you know you need to throw off religion and and you know become you know things should be by the people, the People's Republic, which only ends up being an oligarchy you know rulership of a few um and the same thing happened in Nazi Germany in the 30s, late 20s, early 30s. During oh, you know, the common enemy, and you know, this is what's wrong. You know, we need a new government, and you're so discontent, whatever. Only well, there really was a lot of discontent there after the failure of World War One. The economic, the economy was in shambles, and it was ripe for, you know, rather than blaming the government, they blamed the Jews, and anyway. Part of the government too, anyway, and so we're seeing the same thing here uh, with stirring up. Why you're so dissatisfied? You know, the, 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 there there are racial inequalities, but the the way it's being, uh, you know, but sexual inequalities, you know, gender inequalities, perceived gender, and it is all these things happening simultaneously to tell people, you know, their they're really discontent and oppressed, and the big reason is because of religion. Uh, and you look around the country where communism is well established, mm -hmm. be that in China or or North Korea or you know 
or um um um, um come on um hi alice i see alice out there nice to see you alice southeast asia like uh myanmar and um others anyway uh and north african countries as well you'll find that churches are nowhere to be found you know that <laughs> that communism socialism is not a friend of the church is not a friend of christianity whatsoever and anyway we could go i can go on and on and yeah. on but I'm not going to that yeah, it's time to wake up and go go listen to uh Virginia Prodan, who's been there, done that. Yep. Got out of that. By the way, if you're prison in our, house arrest and all and Yeah, if you're in our Daily Disciples Facebook group, then uh Virginia reads for us on Tuesday from the Bible. <clears throat> and she's always jumping up and down, warning people about the dangers of socialism. Which, frankly, our government is instituting. I mean, you know, I mean, it is. All right, so there's a couple of other things I want to talk about. Um, um, I'm not going to read this article, but I, I will tweet it. That way you can go check it out. But there is an article from World Net Daily titled, uh, Sydney Powell, who is a woman, uh, says America is now a communist regime. Okay, so just following on the heels of that, I'm just going to go ahead and I will tweet that out on our Bible News Radio Twitter account right now. So you can go check that out at your leisure or leisure, depending on how you want to say it. <laughs> anyway, that was supposed to be funny. All right. And also, I wanted to point, um, well... Yeah, I will. Okay, Beth Moore. How many of you love Beth? Hey, we all love Beth Moore, don't we? Um, Beth is our big sister and much older sister in the Lord. And um, recently she took a break from Twitter because she didn't want to sin anymore with her tweets. <laughs> uh, and um, recently, though, she made some comments um and Randall's going to throw it up here on the screen. This is on her Beth Moore Twitter account. It says, sometimes I get mad at Keith, that's her husband, uh, for cussing a blue streak. And other times, like right now, when he's having a frustrating day and not a dang thing will go his way, I just pat him on the back. So I wanted to bring this tweet to your attention because, not because... Well, yeah, because well, because of this is this is um this is very interesting. Okay, so Beth Moore is a leading evangelical woman Bible teacher who has been really controversial in the last uh, couple of years and blue laundry on Twitter. Yeah. Okay, I don't know what that's about, but is there a reason you wrote that? Because I don't have so much room for the headline. Oh. They talk about airing dirty laundry. Oh, this dirty is blue laundry. laundry on Twitter. Anyway. Okay. All right. Based on the... So the reason this caught my attention, and I don't care that this is Beth Moore, okay? 
it's just that she said it. So, um, uh, I don't, I don't care. It could have been Amy Grant that said this or Dolly Parton or, um, Lisa Harper or, well, I can't think of anybody else that I would think. Anyway, so this is a top leading Christian woman Bible teacher, okay? Saying this, now at face value, Beth is explaining how she feels when her husband swears. Uh, you know, so on the one hand, she's saying, some days she gets mad at him for that. Other days she's like just going to pat him on the back because that's just how he feels and all that. What struck me was the 129 plus comments that followed. So I want to read you just some of the comments. So Nate Pyle, who, who, who wrote, cussing is merely telling the truth about a world that is all too often profane. Completely disagree with that comment. Diane Ellison wrote, wow, sugarcoating the lack of discipline, normalizing sin, awesome, clapping, you know, emojis. Clearly, that is a sarcastic comment that she wrote. Tracy Coons said, and that's why I follow you. You keep it real for the rest of us. Then Beth said, well, let me tell you something. God gave me Keith Moore to ensure I keep it real. To Keith, an ounce of pretension is worth a pound of manure. <laughs> which I think that was supposed to be funny. It's funny. I thought so too. Ryan Post said, this tweet would have been hilarious if you had used the word damn instead of dang. Um, Beth Moore tweeted, recently our pastor preached on cussing and on the way to the car, Keith said with touching sincerity, that was a, that was a, a hell of a good sermon. Uh, do not think I don't tell the pastor who look, who took considerable delight in it. Um, Tammy Mills said it's perfectly okay to use Bible cuss words. Um, Beth says, I don't know if all of Keith's are in the Bible. Angela Speed says cuss words are words like any other. If there is meanness behind any word. It is just as damaging. Leonard Carpenter III said, not, not condoning cussing, but far worse things come out of our mouth than cuss words, and oftentimes those words do far more damage than your average four-letter dinger. Personally, I look in the mirror and pray to the Lord to help me help myself rather than judging others. Quentin says, wow, okay, so being honest, I at times let words out I shouldn't. I'm immediately sorry about. So many responses here have people laughing about it. Am I missing something here? Are we not supposed to try to turn away from doing that? Kay uh, said, yes, we should desire to turn from ungodly speech, just like we should want to turn from pride, jealousy, etc. But none of us is perfect. No, no, but none one of us is perfect. Sometimes it's a relief to hear that other Christ followers have the same struggles. And Lisa said, Keith is my kind of people. Tell him that research shows people who cuss have high IQs. Ha, ha, ha. And Beth says, I have always known he was brilliant. And then Jim says to Beth, you're a good wife. And Beth says, I so want to be. And, and so on. So why do I share this? I share this because, because Ephesians 4.29 
which I memorized many years ago, says, let no unwholesome word proceed out of your mouth, but only such a word that's good for edification according to the need of the moment so that it might give grace to those who hear it. And it also says that we need to put off the old man and to set aside profanity, you know, and things like that. The Bible is really clear on whether or not we use bad language, you know. Some some people here made, you know, some of these people made a really good point, though. And that that is that, you know, hey, let's say, um, let's say that you get really frustrated with your child. You're really mad at your child. Okay, but you don't swear at them, right? Let's just say, you know what? I wish you were never born. Is that as bad as calling that child, you know, a bleepy bleep 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 bleep? Yeah, it is actually. Um, I would say in some cases, it's probably worse to say something that mean to your child. And I've had that said to me. I said that was said to me a lot during my childhood from my mother. So, you know, that type of verbal assault and verbal abuse can really impact somebody just like foul language can. Um, I think the, the thing that I have learned, you know, and I heard somebody say this once and I thought it was a, um, kind of a sweet thing to say was, you know, they would say, you know, it's a lot easier, um, there are better ways to say something, you know, like, like use language like, I feel angry right now. Or, you know, right now I feel frustrated. I feel hurt when I, you know, when, when that happens, I feel, I feel hurt, you know, I don't feel heard. What I hear you saying is, or the story I'm telling myself is, um, that way you're not, you're not hurting anybody. And so I think Keith Moore, whereas he might be a manly man and, you know, a blue collar guy and super tough and it might look great that he's cussing. Um, I do think that it could be done better by him just stating how he feels instead of using an expletive. Um, more, you know, there are better, there are other words to use besides bad language. You know, my, my mom, I grew up with a mother that swore like a sailor <laughs> and, and Randall can prove it. <laughs> my mom was very colorful and she would pay children. She would give them money to get them to say the F word, you know, cause she thought it was funny. She thought it was funny to pay a little kid, you know, 50 cents or a quarter or a dime, whatever it was to get them to say the F word, right? I mean, she just thought that that was like the funniest thing. Oh, it's so cute that they say that. But the problem is they go to school and they say that and get in trouble, right? And, you know, when I was a therapist, I worked in an elementary school for three years and some of those children had mouths, right? I mean, <laughs> like, how did you learn that word? You know, of course, today, 
unlike when we were growing up, most of us, you can turn on the filthy vision and you can see the F word and all these expletives any time of day you want because they don't even, they don't even delete it anymore. In fact, they call it mature language. And I'm like, uh, how mature is that? Because that's not, it's mature to be respectful. <laughs> you know, it's mature to have know, an extended vocabulary. Right. To have extended vocabulary. And, you know, of course, you know, I'm not, I'm not condemning anybody, but I am saying that, <clears throat> that I don't think that this is the best example Beth Moore is setting here uh, by trying to open up a dialogue about, about whether or not swearing is biblical or not or appropriate. It's not. Clearly, the Bible condemns it. But in that, it also condemns tons of other stuff, too, like gossip, slander. You know, and the list goes on, which the church does not address by and large. You know, um, if you've ever been a part of a church for any length of time, you are you know, because you've been there. You've been in a church. There's always somebody in the church who's gossiping. Always. Um, you know, and, and that gossip can destroy. Uh, you know, there's always something inappropriate so you know when in doubt shut up you know <laughs> when in doubt keep it to yourself when in doubt don't share anything you know journal your feelings put it on paper you know in fact i remember a therapist when i first started therapy many years ago i had my first therapist say you know what i want you to go home and i want you to write out and journal and if you have bad words inside you just put it all on paper and just get it out because god already knows what's in your heart and you know what? I did. I went home. I remember getting on my computer and I typed it all out and I had like pages of, you know, and I felt bad saying this stuff in writing even. But I remember so clearly that I had peace afterwards because I, I was confessing it as sin and I was seeing it as sin. And the Bible says, creating me a clean heart, oh God, and renew a right spirit within me, you know. So God isn't um, unaware of what's in our wicked, sinful heart. He knows what's there, but he can replace that. And that's why I love Psalm 119, because if you, I've been studying this for a few months. Um, if you take the time to look at what the psalmist is going through in that psalm, uh, he's got a lot of enemies coming after him. And yet he isn't saying, hey, God, you know, I want you to like, slay my enemy and cut their head off and tell them that they're scumbag. I mean, <laughs> no, he's like, hey, even though princes sit and talk against me, I will meditate on your precepts. Uh, you know, I will delight in your law. I, you know, um, I will trust you. I will, you know, he, he, he refocuses his praise or his concern back on, on his creator, which is what we should do. I think Bareface wanted to say something. Um, no, just I uh, wanted to underscore your previous point. I think the the bigger issue was is not about the cursing, which is a big issue, but putting it out there on Twitter, like you know your personal journal. This is what's going on <laughs> with my husband, and when you're already a public figure, you know you're a celebrity of sorts, well known, like we are. No, <laughs> yeah, right. 
Um, we are so not celebrities. I mean, you, you know that you're already under under a microscope, so to speak. You know that people are so you know, just adding fuel to the fire. I'm, I'm, yeah. And yeah, I'm not trying to be critical. I'm just saying that. Yeah, you're gonna get you're gonna get what you're gonna get, and um, and maybe it was good that it was posted that we got to see a lot of people calling themselves Christ followers that are like, yeah, whatever, you know, keeping it real, and the, the, that isn't surprising to me. I don't know. Overall, sad. So here's another story. I saw this. This is over on uh, julieroys.com. So Julie actually wrote this, which is unusual. Usually somebody else writes for her on her blog. Uh, but here's here's one. Saddleback Church, you know, Rick Warren's church, has now ordained three women pastors defying the Southern Baptist position. Check this out. And what was touted by Rick Warren's Saddleback Church as a, quote, historic night excuse me, unquote, <clears throat> the church on Thursday ordained its first women pastors. Yesterday was a historic night for Saddleback Church in many ways. The church, which has 15 campuses and a weekly attendance of more than 23,000, announced on Facebook, we ordained our fist three women pastors. I should be first. Liz Puffer, Cynthia Petty, and Katie Edwards. Uh, and then it says here, Saddleback is a member of the Southern Baptist Convention, the largest Protestant dom denomination in the country, which officially opposes women's ordination. The Roy's report reached out to the SBC for comment, but did not immediately hear back. Well, there's a big shock. <laughs> in an interview with Live Good, or Live Good, Live Good, newly appointed pastor Cynthia Petty said Pastor Warren first informed her of her pending ordin ordination in November. He explained that he and the elders had been discussing for many months the possibility to ordain women at past as pastors at Saddleback Church, Petty explained. He told me that the elders unanimously voted to appoint me one of the first three women pastors at Saddleback Church. He affirmed my leadership and my calling to ministry, and it was a conversation I will not forget. Petty added that she has always served in churches where women could lead under the authority of a male pastor. She called... Warren's change in philosophy for women in ministry, quote, revolutionary, unquote. I was honored and felt extremely humbled, she added, and the thing I believe meant the most to me was how this would be groundbreaking for all the younger women ministers on staff who really did have the desire or dream to be a pastor one day. All three newly appointed Saddleback pastors have been serving in ministry at the church for more than 20 years. Petty has been serving in children's ministry at Saddleback since 1998, and according to her LinkedIn page, was educated at Golden's Golden Gate Seminary. Puffer has been serving in pastoral care at Saddleback since 1994 and was educated at Rockbridge Seminary, according to her LinkedIn page. Katie Edwards has been serving in youth ministry at Saddleback since the late 90s. As Edwards explains in a message she gave at Saddleback in 2019, she has been attending Saddleback since she was 13 years old and, quote, met Jesus, unquote, as a 14-year-old at a Saddleback High School summer camp. 
Edwards also is the author of The Skinny on Discipleship and a contributor to the Download Youth Ministry Podcast. Also on Thursday, Saddleback appointed Pastor Johnny Baker as the new global leader of Celebrate Recovery. Baker is the son of John Baker, the founder of Celebrate Recovery, who died unexpectedly in uh, February. And in a Facebook post, Johnny said, I'm so honored to follow in my dad's footsteps, and I'm committed to carrying the legacy of Celebrate Recovery forward. I miss my dad every day, and I wish he could have been there with me. But I know he is in the great cloud of witnesses, and that this is something we planned on, something he wanted. He was just supposed to be here with me. Um, Saddleback also commissioned three elders this week, Anthony Miller, Jeremiah Golly, or Golly, and Jason Williams. So, so question. (laughs) So I'm curious what our audience thinks about this, uh, about these women being officially ordained now as pastors uh, in the Southern Baptist uh, convention. And Randall, I'd love your thought. Randall and I actually go to a Southern Baptist church here in Tennessee. Um, although I don't consider myself a Baptist, I would I would say that I t- typically lean more Baptisty and theologically, you know, Baptisty anyway. But I don't know. What do you think, Bearface? What do you guys think? You for it? For it? Against it? You don't care? Doesn't matter? Yeah, we attend a Baptist church that's... Um, it's a Southern Baptist church. Yeah, but it's part of the Tennessee Baptist, which is under the Southern Baptist right. Convention. We don't attend the church to, in order to support the Southern Baptist Convention. It's a congregation that we feel relatively comfortable at, and it happens to be a Baptist church. Yeah. Um, you know, I've, we've attended mostly non-denominational churches throughout our marriage, which is nice because you don't have those, um, depending upon the dom- denomination, dom- dom- denomination, I can speak, can be a resource, you know, and a uh, uh, check, a theology check, and then on the other hand, it can be um, controlling kind of thing. In this case, apparently not, because Saddleback, which I didn't even know was part of the SBC. I did. I mean, I know it's Saddleback Church, SBC, but I didn't realize it was part of the Southern Baptist Convention. Um, Having attended there a few times and been to their events, there's nothing really that stood out to me as this is a... So, um, you know, uh, I'm not surprised. I mean, Rick Warren with his Chris Lom, being going contrary to the Southern Baptist Convention is not surprising in the least. Um, and I can see the, um, you know, erring on the side of caution. The Southern Baptist Convention also doesn't allow uh, remarried men to be deacons in the church because the church said you know, even the deacon should be a husband of one wife. And, you know, does that mean not, 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 you know, polygamous, you know, having more than one wife simultaneously, or does that mean never? And so they err on the side of caution and say, well, if one wife means one wife ever, then, you know, we'll come down on the side of caution there. 
on being conservative. So they take a similar position with ordination of women. Though it does not say thou shalt not, the overseers are mentioned as being the husband of one wife, etc. And so it's like, well, lest we come down on the wrong side, we're going to go with the strict conservative interpretation. Alice says, I'm no scholar, but from my understanding, women are not to be pastors. It doesn't matter what my opinion is. So what I noted in this article was that none of these women who were ordained as pastors uh, were ordained as a senior pastor. They all worked either in the recovery part of the church or with children. Does that make a difference? What do you think, Randall? Well, it may to some. Again, it comes back to that, you know, when it says the overseer, um, you know, the episkopos, where we get bishop, which could be, you know, pastor, um, being the husband of one wife, uh, you know, it doesn't, would not matter what flock or portion of the flock, you know, the overseer was overseeing in a strict um, interpretation than, you know, than, than, than being a, an overseer uh, for a woman is contrary to that strict interpretation. Some people ta- turn to uh, where Paul says that uh, he, I'm getting different English translations mixed up in my head, but something to the point, uh, the effect of, you know, he wouldn't suffer a woman to teach a man. And in the context of that, especially in the Greek language, I'm a Greek scholar, it's pretty clear to me anyway that he's talking about a husband-wife relationship. That 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 he doesn't feel that the woman should be the spiritual leader of the home. That the the, that the husband should get off his blessed assurance and. So and one, leave that home. One thing I could say is that more women are in Bible study than men. Mm-hmm. More women are more better prayer warriors than men. Mm-hmm. There are more spiritual women, or you know, women Christian people than men. And that's what's wrong with modern Christendom. <laughs> I'm, I'm not saying because there's nothing wrong with the leadership of women. That the, yeah. the men in general, men without chest, aren't stepping up to. First of all, the male Christians aren't stepping up to be the spiritual leaders in their homes. And then in society, you know, men aren't stepping up to be the, the you know, just the, the leaders and protectors. So Alice of, goes, goes on to say here, I'm trying to, okay. If they become the breadwinner by working and being well-paid maybe are they putting themselves as head over their husbands Mm. and Jeannie said i like non-denomination so well you know here's my thought and this is not going to be a popular comment so as janet partial used to say if i say something and it steps on your toes may i do it's in a ladylike fashion fashion um and that is this personally this is my personal conviction i think the husband should fully support the family i don't give a 
I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I do not care that our culture says a woman and a man should go and, you know, if, if you know, that I, I don't care that how our culture says stuff happens. I think a husband should be providing for his family. But I do know that there are couples, and I have friends where the man is a stay-at-home dad and the woman goes out and earns the paycheck. Um, you know, I mean, if, if, it, if it works for them, I guess that's fine. But I personally think that uh, the husband should be doing that. And I also think um, uh, that... Um, I agree with the word of God when it, when it, when Randall just said what he said, you know, um, having as, uh, what, hey, what are you doing? You're running into stuff. Come here. Um, I think that, <sighs> how do I say this? Well, I think if a husband really loves his wife as Christ loves the church, then he'll be doing what he's supposed to be doing. You know? Um, and I think that sometimes a man, uh, I think in the last, well, let me put it this way. I think that I'm very blessed because I have a husband that is my spiritual head. And as much as you may not believe it, I submit to him. <laughs> He keeps me in line. If you like me, then it's because of Bareface and all the work that he <laughs> dealt with. Um, yes, occasionally we have a tip Likewise. like we did last night, but we uh, we a misunderstanding. We 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 apologize to each other and all that. But but you know, as the spiritual head, Randall's my spiritual head. When we make spiritual decisions, Randall is the one that you know. That makes the decision, and I, I either and is on the hook for it. Yeah, 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 or nay, right? <laughs> um, uh, so I don't know. I don't, I don't, uh, I don't think that women need to be ordained as pastors. That's just my personal thing. I do think that women have gifts just like men, and we all have talents, and I think God uses it. Um, but I honestly think in many ways that some of this is like majoring on a minor because it's like, and here's why. In, in some ways, this is extremely subtle because it's an attack on the God-ordained roles of men and women. When you look at it from a broad perspective, right, the enemy has tried to wipe out the role of women and men and try to combine it, alien, you know, annihilate it, basically. If you don't think that's true, look at the LGBT lobby and this whole, let's say, you know, we're going to wipe the out pregnant gender, man and gen gender roles. You know, um, um, one of my friends posted on um, Facebook yesterday about the term mother and how no longer, you know, women can no longer be called mothers. And many years ago, there was a pro-choicer that, that said women were simple, simply called fetal containers. And I remember thinking, I remember mocking it because I thought it was so stupid. Um, um, and I'm, I'm trying to find the, the, the exact quote from my friend here. Give me a second. What she said was, oh yeah. Birth person. Bir birthing people. Birthing people. Yes. 
Um, she said, so now liberals want to change mothers to birthing people. <laughs> okay. You know. All right, but anyway. Well, that makes sense in the case where there's a surrogate mother from donated sperm from, you know, to give a baby to two men playing house, whatever. You don't want to call her the mother of the right. child. She's the birthing person. Yeah. Well, anyway, there you have it. So, as I said earlier... <laughs> Um, I would like to just thank you for tuning into the show. Wish you guys all happy Mother's Day tomorrow. Those of you who are moms and, uh, and I extend my condolences to those of you who are not mothers, uh, or, or who have a mom who died or who abused you. Uh, you know, I even forgot the adopted parents out there, people who've given up their children and women who've had abortions, you know, that's a big, huge category too, of, of women, um, you know, hurt and stuff like that. Here's what I know. God's world can, God's word will heal you if you take time to memorize it. You know, if you take time daily to meditate on his word day and night, you know, God's word will heal you if you spend time with the Lord. That's the key. Right? I mean, you know, that's the most important thing. And the more you spend time with the Lord, the more you're going to love the Lord and the more he's going to change you and transform you and make you into the woman or the man that he created you to be to impact uh, his kingdom. So here's, here's what I just want to say to you all. If you like what Randall and I do, um, please keep us in prayer. We are praying about becoming full-time missionaries. Uh, we already really are full-time missionaries on a mission. Um, and that mission that we have put before us involves Bible News Radio as a whole and um, discipling and training believers as a big part of that uh, thing. Our goal, our goal is to reach the hearts of people one verse at a time. And so if you want to stand with us in that goal and be part of our support team, I would encourage you to go to our website and consider doing that with us uh, by financially supporting us as your internet missionary, really. And I can tell you, God is doing awesome things, just not on this show, but daily behind the scenes. If you guys knew all the cool stuff I know, you would be like, woohoo, I want to be a part of that because God really is doing something very cool. Um, and we would love for you to be on the ground floor with us, taking the gospel, mentoring and discipling, and um, doing our best to stand firm in these end days. Because um, we can't grow individually, but we can grow as a body together. And um, that is my hope, and that is my prayer. So thanks for tuning in. We'll see you later.